Oh yeah, we're back. We're back on Bakes by the Bake. Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. This is Doug Maurice, your host of Takes by the Lake on Cleveland.com. Thanks to you guys for listening, and I think we're off and running on a new era of Browns football. I- I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna temper it. We're not gonna temper it. I- it feels real. It feels natural. It feels like this is something that was built. With it feels like not a flash. You know, it's not perfect, right? It's not perfect yet, but this feels real in a lot of very real ways. Um, so I think we're going to dive straight into this, and and I think there's a lot of people who are not not tremendously shocked by where the Cleveland Browns are right now at one one and one after the win over the New York Jets on Thursday night. I'm a little delirious still. I got home at like 5 o'clock in the morning and have been sleeping off and on um, <clears throat> all day Friday, which is why this takes by the lake is getting up late. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to just talk this out. We're going to talk this out. I have one guest this week, and he's one of you. He's just a fan from Browns Twitter who loves the Browns and is super excited, and we need to talk it out. His name's Tony Hall. He's an assistant principal um, from the Washington, D.C. area. And uh, we're just going to do that. And so there's a couple things I want to get to quickly first, and then we'll get to Tony. Um, but one thing, a point that I want to make, um, and again, thanks to you guys for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Doug Maurice, D-O-U-G-L-E-S-M-E-R-I-S-E-S. Um, and you can read me at cleveland.com. This is not about culture. And I think we might have people wade into that. Um, I even had players say that in the locker room on Thursday night, and I don't believe it. I don't believe it. This is not, this was not a culture win. Now, the culture changed, but the culture was a reflection of the play. Culture didn't beat the Jets. The Jet, the, the Browns didn't come back from a 14-0 deficit because Baker Mayfield pumps his fist. They didn't come back and beat the Jets because after Baker Mayfield led his first touchdown drive, he he looked like he wanted to run down the sideline and throw his arms in the air, and then he realized, oh, we're going for two. got to come back and go for two. That's not why they won. That's the outcome of winning. They won because they made plays. They don't win because, because guys get excited. They win because Denzel Ward is a ball hawk and has unbelievable intelligence and instincts as a football player and then brings the wood and makes plays. They won because Miles Garrett and Larry Joby are a load for an offensive line to deal with. They won because Antonio Callaway is a very, very, very young receiver, but he is dangerous. They won because this offensive line is capable of getting rolling a little bit and getting the run game going. But mostly they won because they were down 14-0 doing that stuff. They won because they got the best quarterback play they've had in at least 15 years. And you want to throw in Derek Anderson to you, that's fine, whatever. That's why they won. So let's not dive too far into... The culture change, okay? Let's dive into playing and coaching. Let's dive into talent and scheme. That was always going to be what got them over the top. This culture was going to change when they won. 
Culture was not going to make them win. Winning was going to change the culture. So let's be honest about what's happening. I have other things I'm going to write in the next couple days, and one of them is about a, the collection of young guys here. But Larry Joby, when I was talking to him after the game, was saying we had to get that one win because we had to learn how to win, and now the next one will be easier. I, it's not true. I don't. I, I don't have time to. I'm not going to argue with Larry Joby after the Browns just won. Um, but it's not true. They won because Baker Mayfield made throws that Tyrod Taylor wasn't making. They made they they won because they made some offensive adjustments after the Jets were blitzing their their socks off, and and they allowed themselves to make some plays. So Larry Ogunjobi and Miles Garrett were making the same plays the previous two weeks, and they didn't win because the quarterback play wasn't good enough, and some guys dropped some balls, and the kicker missed some kicks, and they lost. But they didn't lose to the Saints because of culture. They lost because the kicker missed kicks. And they, and they didn't make the plays they needed to at the right time. And the reason they didn't make those plays was, was talent and coaching. It wasn't culture. These guys have wanted to win all along. So I just I don't want Cleveland to get wrapped up in some bogus culture discussion. Like now, now look, this is a winning culture. No, it's a winning team that now has a winning culture because they have more talent. And they need the coaching to rise to the level of the talent. They need the schemes to be consistent. They need Greg Williams to blitz smartly, but not silly. Greg Williams blitzed them silly a couple times early against the Jets. You, on third down, you know he's going to blitz, so you throw a wide receiver screen, and all of a sudden you've got six blockers for four defenders, and away you go. Early on with Tyrod Taylor, part of it, a lot of it, was because Tyrod Taylor would not get the ball out of his hands, but they didn't do anything. Their first nine plays, they had 28 yards. It was Tyrod Taylor had a 22-yard scramble. They had six actual yards on, any, on anything they planned. It looked like Todd Haley hadn't drawn up a game plan for the first four series. So they need to be better in that, but they won because Baker Mayfield made throws because he hit he hit throws in windows because guys got open. So I just I don't like the bogus culture discussion. They didn't lose because of... I mean, all this... It's like people... They didn't win last night because Jarvis Landry made a speech on Hard Knocks. They won because Baker Mayfield put a ball in a spot where he let Jarvis Landry make a play and he made a play. That's why they won. They won because their players are better and now their coaching needs to rise to that level. And if they don't win, it'll be because they still need better players and because the coaching's not good enough. The the culture was always going to change because the losing guys... And this is why I wrote this earlier in the year. There's basically three guys who were here before 1-31 and and mattered, pre-1-31, and and lived through it. It's Joel Petonio, Christian Kirksey, and Duke Johnson. That's basically it. Everybody else came in during 1-31. and They're either part, they were either drafted or signed or traded for during it. They weren't part of all of it. They didn't have to suffer through it as a veteran who mattered. They washed out everybody else. The losing culture was going to vanish because they were going to get rid of the players that weren't good enough to win. So that's what they did. Those players were going to be gone anyway. That's the whole plan. You don't get better because your lousy players get better. You get better because you get rid of the bad players and you you bring in better players, which is what they did this year. They're not better because of culture. They're better because they added Jarvis Landry and Carlos Hyde and Demarius Randall. They're not better because of culture. They're better because they added Baker Mayfield and Denzel Ward and Jannard Avery. And so let's have an honest discussion about that. And the question was always going to be, let's not confuse also 
culture and coaching. The question, you knew it. Everybody knew it. They had a different level of talent this year. Everybody saw it. John Dorsey revamped the secondary. The defensive line and linebackers had been built previously. The offensive line, much of it had been built. They may have figured out the answer here at left tackle with Desmond Harrison. They swapped out Crow for Carlos Hyde. They added something in the running back room. They changed the receiver room. And they got a quarterback. They got a quarterback. It's not about culture. So please, let's not have a cliched, dishonest discussion. And let's not let Hugh Jackson or anyone else drag us down that hole of like, this. I knew this culture was going to change. Now, winning was going to change the culture and talent was going to create the winning. Talent and coaching. So let's hold talent and coaching responsible. Let's give credit to talent and coaching. And yeah, Jarvis Landry is a bad guy. You want him on your side, man. He drives the other team nuts. That's great. Baker Mayfield's a bad guy. You want him on your side. He drives the other team nuts. That's great. But that's not why they won. They won because they got players. And they have real players. So those are the two things I wanted to get into were let's not drag ourselves down in a cliched cult- culture discussion and was 1-31 worth it? I asked our guest Tony Hall this at the end. Let's get to Tony now. I'll check in at the end. Again, thanks to you guys for listening to Takes by the Lake. Um, but let's just let's dig in on this win and going forward with our guest this week after this victory over the Jets. All right, we're here on Takes by the Lake with Tony Hall. He's an assistant principal from Washington, D.C., but he is a loyal Clevelander, born and raised, loyal Cleveland sports fan, and we just need someone to talk this out, Tony, right? We just need to talk this out. So you just explain this to me a little bit, but just give our listeners here a little bit of a background um, on your life as a Cleveland sports fan, and then we'll get into what you're feeling today, and we'll let people know if the people at your school turned over your Browns rug in your office or if you were proudly showing off that rug today after what happened with the Browns. But how how'd you get to be such a loyal fan? Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, listen, you know, I you know, I grew up in Cleveland, you know, certainly on the east side. I went to John Adams High School, so certainly, you know, the old school North Senate, South Senate battles and, you know, my dad certainly, you know, indoctrinated me into into Cleveland fandom, you know, Sundays watching the Browns with him certainly, you know, Bernie Kosar, Gary Danielson, uh, you know, Reggie Rucker, Ernest Biner, Kevin Mack, uh, Webster Slaughter, Langhorn, and Brian Brennan, uh, everybody sight, Red Right eighty eight. You know, I still remember all those plays, you know, like it was yesterday. So, you know, uh, growing up in Cleveland, going to school in, in, in Southern Ohio and then moving out this way, you know, I've I've you know, win or lose Browns, Cavs, Indians, you know, you remain loyal throughout the years. And certainly, as you said, you kiss a you kiss some flag for that. You know, you come into work and you're, you, you know, my rug's overturned and, you know, people are hiding my Cleveland Brown stuff in my office. But, um, you know, yesterday, uh, yesterday night was certainly, certainly a great day uh, for, for, for Browns fans, uh, young and old, as we saw uh, Baker Mayfield kind of um, right the ship in a game that was headed south pretty quickly. All right, Tony. So here's the question I, I want to dig in on a couple things, but I need sure. I need a Browns fan to help help me guide guide me through this. Does this feel different? Right? There have been other moments. This has been a, a difficult last twenty years since the Browns came back, but there have been moments. We know that. 
What's yeah. different about this one? It, or is it different? Or does this... Did you feel this same way when, you know, Brandon Whedon had a good game? Or when somebody else, when Brian Hoyer had him off to a good start a couple years ago? Or do you think this is different? Um, Doug, I think this is different. I think it's different for two reasons. I think, you know, I think... Uh, you know, certainly Browns fans and certainly folks in Ohio got a taste of what Baker Mayfield can do when he walked into Columbus and basically, you know, turned it into his house for a day and certainly went on to win the Heisman Trophy. Um, you know, we, we know that he is not a, a, a see-it thrower. He doesn't have to see it first, then yep. throw the ball. He is an anticipatory thrower, and I think uh, he can do that from the pocket or he can improvise. And I think, as, as you know, in this league, um, you have to be able to throw guys open, and you have to be able to throw in windows that close pretty quickly. There are there are very few rookies uh, that come into the league and, and are able to do that uh, with the kind of skill that Baker Mayfield appears to have. Uh, I, I think for us as Cleveland Browns fans, I think we can take solace in the fact that you know we have a, a young quarterback that 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 has that high level skill to be able to do those things. Um, secondly, I think the defense. You know, as I you know as I talked about on Twitter with with the Browns Twitter, you know, I think currently you know the defense is plus nine uh, in takeaways. Yep. Um, and and over the years, it's a stat that you can measure. Teams that finish in the top five in takeaways, they have winning records. They go to the playoffs. So I think for me as a Browns fan. There had to be a sense of urgency on the offensive side of the ball, and it was certainly good to see that uh, that last night. And uh, it feels like they can do some things, especially with the defense that's able to take the ball away and a quarterback that's able to to, to get the ball to receivers in tight spots uh, and accurately. So I'm going to write about this later, Tony, and I, but I think this is an important point that that matters to me a lot is that we every, Baker Mayfield obviously is a story last night, but I, I was in the locker room after the game, and a lot of guys had cleared out, but there were a few guys scattered around who were still there, and a lot of them were the young guys. And I went over, and I, I saw Antonio Callaway in the corner, and I went and talked to Desmond Harrison, the new rookie left tackle, and I talked to Miles Garrett, and I talked to Larry Ogunjobi. And and it's like, if Baker's the guy, right, you've got to have a franchise quarterback in this league if you're going to compete. But if Baker's the guy, he has some young guys to roll with him. You know, like he's not doing this alone. And to me, you know, they need more. They do need a little more. But you can see some pieces that what has happened in the last year or two has allowed them to gather a couple other guys. So when Baker came in and did this, like you said, especially on the defensive side of the ball, the way we've seen Garrett Noganjobi getting after quarterbacks this year, he has some guys that maybe there's a, a young core group here that might be able to grow a little bit and do this together, that it's not just a quarterback. And that, to me, is part of maybe why this is going to be different, that like you said, it's it's great. You know, Baker Baker did his thing, but but he ha- – and then led by Miles Garrett, they have another group, right? Is that Do you feel that as a fan that it's not just one guy to point to? It's maybe a handful of young guys that might be able to do something. Well, I think last night on the defensive side of the ball, you know, you certainly saw, you know, Okajobi, you saw Garrett, you know, you got Ward, Denzel Ward, uh, you yep. got Randall, Schilbert, Peppers. You, know, you got yep. some guys who are making plays at, at at the right time and at pivotal moments in games. Ward, I, I mean, you know, I, I think there were some Browns fans, certainly Bradley Chubb, uh, talk about Bradley Chubb was out there um, 
in terms of the NFL draft. But Ward has certainly come in as a rookie, two interceptions and and, and a forced fumble. I think this guy's come in. Uh, he's been he's been asked to cover the opposing team's best guy. Yep. Uh, he's been put into a lot of one on one situations. Certainly, he's been, and we know last week he, you know, Michael Thomas got loose on him when we saw Antonio Brown score on him uh, against the Steelers. But he is—he's holding his own out there at the cornerback position. He's more than holding his own; he's making plays, and I think that's what you can ask for from him on the offensive side of the ball. I think from preseason, for me anyway, as a fan, there was a play with Antonio Callaway and Baker Mayfield. There was a slant route. I mean, Antonio Callaway caught it and ran away uh, from the other team yep. uh, for the touchdown. We saw against uh, the Saints, he, you know, Tyrod threw the ball. Antonio Callaway, right at about maybe the 15 or 10-yard line, he had another gear, ran past two guys, fingertip catch, touchdown. Last night, there was certainly more. I think Antonio Callaway could have had about three touchdowns last night. He was abusing uh, the secondary last night of the Jets. And I, I think when Baker Mayfield is able to connect with him on a more consistent basis uh, as a deep threat, you're going to see Landry underneath. You're going to see Njoku and, and, and Duke do their thing. But I think uh, Antonio Callaway is setting himself up to be a guy that can really beat defenses over the top. And it's, and it's fun and it's exciting to watch his young guys. They're fearless. Um, they know the history of the Cleveland Browns, but that's not stopping them from going out there and making plays. Tell me this, Tony, and I think this is this can get lost, and, I, and it should never get lost. But maybe it's only sports writers who lose sight of it. You know, you write so much about winning and losing, and what's wrong with this team, and why do they suck, and oh my god, and that kind of stuff. Only yeah. one, only one team wins a Super Bowl, right? I mean, Cleveland knows better than anybody how hard it is to win championships, and this, this I think was true with LeBron as well. So, okay, LeBron got one ring, and that changed everything in Cleveland. But people would have liked more. But the thing is, the four years that LeBron was here, man, that was fun. Every game, that was fun. That was exciting. You wanted to watch the Cavs. The rest of the country was talking about your team. So they only won one championship. But, man, that was four years, four seasons of loving your team. And and I feel like maybe – now, listen – it, you know, at some point, the Browns have to win a Super Bowl, right? They have to win a Super Bowl for Cleveland. But, but, goal, yeah. but beyond that, right now, NFL fans around the country are talking about the Browns right now. And beyond just winning and losing, you know, they could have gone out there and beaten the Jets, you know, 15-12 to 12 in a field goal game and whatever, and a win would have been great. But Baker Mayfield's fun. Miles Garrett and Larry Ogunjobi getting after quarterbacks is fun. Denzel yes. Ward making plays in the secondary is fun. Antonio Callaway catching deep balls is fun. Carlos Hyde running the ball is fun. Like that to me is also what emerged last night. That I don't know what when the Browns are going to win a Super Bowl, but it feels like it with with Garrett on one side and Baker Mayfield on the other side of the ball and these other guys. This feels like this could be fun for this year and the years to come. Just. Isn't that the whole point, right, for for guys like you and everybody else to enjoy this? What is what does that mean as a Browns fan? That your team's going to be fun? It seems like. You know, I, I think you know for for me, and I think a lot of guys uh, and gals in, in in terms of the Cleveland Browns fan base. Uh, certainly, I think everybody nation 
nationwide at least got a taste of, of the personality and maybe perhaps what this team could be. I think Hard Knocks, as much as, uh, as, much as folks lamented the Cleveland Browns potentially being on there for, for fear that the organization would embarrass themselves and perhaps the city of Cleveland, I, I think what you saw is uh, 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 some really passionate guys on that team. I, I think certainly the Landry speech in front of the wide receiver core uh, uh, was something that you got people talking about. This is a guy, this is the type of guy you need on the Cleveland Browns that's going to fire up everybody, that's going to make plays, uh, that's going to that's gonna do things. Um, I, I think, you know, with a guy like Baker Mayfield, who certainly, who certainly has success uh, in college at Oklahoma on a big, big stage, the Big 12, uh, like I said before, fans and fans in Ohio got to see him up close. Uh, it, it, folks were excited about him. So uh, last night, I think, was just a culmination of a lot of a lot of built-up uh, anticipation of ex- and excitement about what this team could be. Certainly, the defense has has shown up from day one. I, I think that was I think that that even helped build the excitement further, where fans were like, "Well, look, this team, you know, they went out there against the Steelers on a muddy, rainy day." Uh, was able to take the ball away from the Steelers six times. Uh, certainly, they came up um, came up short in that game with respect to a tie. We know that the, the kicking game was suspect against the Saints, but they were doing the same thing: able to take the ball away from the Saints, do some things with a deep pass to Callaway. So, uh, folks uh, saw what the Browns potentially could be uh, through hard knocks through the play of Baker Mayfield coming out of college and, and, and the excitement that he brings, the passion that he brings, uh, and, and certainly Miles Garrett, a carryover from last year, uh, hurt with a high ankle sprain, but this year appears to be fully healthy. And we see that, you know, right now he's tied for the lead, 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 lead in sacks with Vaughn Miller. Yeah. And that's what you want out of a guy like uh, with Miles Garrett. So I, I think that uh, last night was certainly exciting, but there are some more exciting times to come. Did you feel different? Like, how did you feel waking up on this Friday morning as opposed to how you felt the last couple of years, or really last 20 years, when you wake up on a Monday and the Browns lost the day before? Just, what was different? Well, I, you know, for me, I, I think that I've been talking about it a couple of weeks on, uh, like, as I said earlier on Twitter, that, you know, the, the, I think the defense has got something cooking. Um, you know, 98% of the teams, 98% of teams in the NFL who have one or plus one of the takeaways uh, over their opponent, um, you know, they, they have a winning record. 94%, they win eight games. 75% of them win nine games. 60%, they win 10 games. 54% of those teams either win the division or they're in the conference championship. So I, I think takeaways for me as a fan, looking at that particular stat and the way the defense is, is certainly able to rise to the occasion. Uh, is, 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 is exciting. And I think the potential, knowing, knowing what the statistics say about teams who are able to take the ball away and, and, and seeing what Baker Mayfield did last night, and certainly, you know, our hats go off to Tyrod Taylor. I think Tyrod yep. was put into a, a, a situation where, you know, Tyrod certainly has some ability uh, in the run game. He, he's a caretaker of the ball. But with respect to being an anticipatory thrower as opposed to a see-it guy, I think certainly had, uh, Baker had the edge there. Um, one of the things that I think a lot of people in Browns uh, uh, fandom has wondered is if, if this kid had this kid type of skill set, um, 
coming into the organization, then why didn't he start uh, from day one? Certainly, I have my own conspiracy theories about that. Certainly, I think Dorsey, Dorsey, Haslam, maybe, um, maybe Hugh weren't necessarily all on the same page, and there was sort of a meeting of the minds where you know uh, Hugh got his guy, but up until a certain point, it didn't work. They were going to go to Baker, but I think going to Baker at the latter half of the season would have meant the end of Hugh Jackson. So, um, you know, but but we're not there. Uh, Baker's here now. He's starting now. Uh, and I think going into the Oakland game, uh, when I think uh, it, when I think uh, what's going to be a, 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 I think a foregone conclusion in terms of Baker starting, uh, I, I think it's going to be some excitement against uh, the Raiders uh, when they when they when they play the Browns next Sunday. I think we're going to see some of the same things we saw um, last night, and even more so once Baker has some additional reps with the first team. All right, Tony, I'll let you go with this one then, and I guess this doesn't matter, but. But but I still I just think it's interesting. I can't I can't completely get away from it. Here we are. Browns fans are excited and you can see a future that provides hope. So was one and thirty one worth it? As you sit here now, do you think to yourself, you know what? That was a lot of pain. That was two years that sucked as a Browns fan. But if that's what we had to suffer through to get here with young, exciting, talented players, then it was worth it? Or do you think to yourself, you know what? We should have been able to get here without having to do that. You know, that there's plenty of teams who get young, talented players without being the worst team in the history of the NFL. So what it, do you have a final sort of view on 1-31 and 31, given what you're feeling about last night right now? Um, I, I'll, I'll just say that, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm going to close the book on, on, on Sashi Brown. Certainly he's not, he's no longer here. Um, we know that, uh, the Carson Wentz trade is coming gone. Uh, certainly there are a number of Browns fans who still feel some kind of way about all of the players that we got from that trade, who's left. And then subsequently what Carson Wentz was able to do. Uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles, although he did not finish the season, certainly he was an integral part of them winning a world championship. Uh, I, I think that there's a lot, been a lot of self-inflicted wounds um, over the last uh, over the last 18 to 24 months. It's hard to go 0 and 16. It's just like it's hard to go undefeated. It, a lot of things have to go wrong. Uh, and a lot of people have to be doing a lot of wrong things for your team to go 0-16. I think for me as a Browns fan, you look back on that and say, you know, what what could the organization, what could Hugh Jackson, um, Jimmy Haslam, um, what, what could have been done differently, what Sashi Brown could have done differently, certainly. Um, and, but as we come in with John Dorsey, who drafted uh, Mahomes, Yep. who put together a hell of a team that is still there in Kansas City. Kareem Hunt, Tariq Hill, Kelsey, they've got a great team in Kansas City. We know that Dorsey was pivotal uh, uh, in, in assembling that team. So I think that gives us some excitement uh, moving forward, seeing his track record. Certainly, I think there's some questions about Hugh that are still out there. But I think that um, you know Baker Mayfield is going to provide an opportunity to uh, make Luke, Hugh Jackson look really good. And I think he's going to provide an opportunity to uh, to move the Cleveland Browns forward. So, yes, the 1-31 and 31 
absolutely hurts because there were so many self-inflicted wounds. But you know what? Um, last night was great. We saw what the kid can do technically in terms of his skills on the field. The defense thus far has been great. So I- I'm looking forward to what this team can do next week uh, against Oakland uh, and beyond. I think they have a real, real shot to do some good things this season. And I don't want to mention the P word yet. I don't want to mention playoffs, but I mean, the stats... <laughs> The stats are what they are in terms of teams um, leading the league in takeaways. If they can put together an offense that can score 21, 25, 28 points a game, this team will undoubtedly be where they, where I think they want to be at the end of the season. So you got the rug in your office? What do you got, a coffee mug? What other, what other brown stuff you got in your office there in D.C.? <laughs> I got a Jim Brown jersey. I got a, I got a, I got a Cleveland Browns rug. And I got a Cleveland Browns, a big stack of Cleveland Browns post-it notes uh, on my desk. So, you know, every so often, one of those things will go missing. But I, okay. think, uh, I think after last night, I think folks, I think folks are understanding that, um, you know, maybe they need to come in and vacuum my rug for me because, uh, um, you know, my, my, my team is going places. So, so the kids then, they know Mr. Hall, he's a Browns guy. They know me as the Browns guy, the Cavs guy, the Indians guy. Last year, I caught a lot of flack because the Cavs got swept uh, against the Golden State Warriors. So yeah, it was a it was tough uh, toward the end of the season. It's a little tough, a little okay. tough. But, All right. Yeah, they know me as the, they know me as the Cleveland, the diehard Cleveland sports fan. Very cool, Tony Hall. Thank you for representing found, uh, the fans today on Takes by the Lake. It's it's nice to have. Um, exciting things to talk about with the Cleveland Browns. So I think here we can have a lot of conversations going forward just like this, and it's a reward. It's a reward for people like you and uh, everyone who's suffered with the Browns, and, and maybe, you know, you don't want to get too far ahead of yourselves, but I think I think this city and these this fan base is, is on the same page on thinking, you know what, we've had flashes before, but as you said, there's there's a defensive backbone here. Um, there are just things about Baker Mayfield that I think you can believe in are really going to stick. His skills are really going to translate in this league, and there's something going on. So, Tony, thanks so much for the time. Absolutely, Doug. You got it anytime. So I like finding guests on Brown's Twitter. Brown's Twitter is fun. So Tony is on Brown's Twitter. He's the Cleveland guy, which is a pretty good name for a Cleveland sports fan. You can find him at TH underscore DA underscore Zero six er the da the da o sixer right so that's him good fan good guest good Browns talk listen here's my thing I think one in thirty one was worth it I think this is what you thought was a reasonable chance of happening after one in thirty one and those miserable um, Sundays in First Energy Stadium while that was happening Thursday night was a great night for Browns fans and I think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to want to be in First Energy Stadium the rest of the season and for the next several years. Because as we said with Tony, not just because this team is competitive, but because they're fun. And, and in the end, yeah, that's going to mean it was worth it. Could you have gotten here without that pain? Maybe. Maybe. But they tried it other ways for a long time since they came back, and it didn't work. So... um I don't think when this gets rolling, and if this does get rolling, and Miles Garrett and Baker Mayfield and Denzel Ward and Larry Ogunjobi and Antonio Callaway and Nick Chubb and Carlos Hyde and Joel Batonio and Jarvis Landry are over there doing that, 
there's not going to be anybody who says, I'm not taking part in that because I'm still mad about 1 in 31. So maybe that's not what anybody wants to, wants to discuss right now. I'm not going to go into it in detail. I'm just saying, um, all along I thought, I thought this pain had a chance to lead to a reward, and maybe it's here. And then you have to acknowledge that sometimes it takes some pain to get where you want to go. Thanks to Tony. Thanks to you guys for listening. Here, let me check one thing real quick. All right, I checked a thing, and you guys have brought some reviews on iTunes, and I'm very appreciative. In September, nine five-star reviews, all five stars. Um, pretty cool. So thanks to you guys for doing that. Um, here, let me read one. Great insight by Browns fan in Michigan. I admit I lis- listen mainly for Browns commentary. Uh, as far as that's concerned, I find the show is very good at looking at situations with an insightful and often unique perspective. Guests are top-notch and provide information not often presented by other Cleveland sports reporting outlets. Thank you. Uh, Schmudball, big fan of, the, of this, especially for Browns coverage. Doug finds excellent guests with outside perspective. Uh, doesn't take himself too seriously. Is really in touch with what fans want to hear about. If I had a critique, I'd say Doug maybe has a little too long of a wind-up with some of his questions. Tends to qualify them with a lot of, or is this, rather than just getting it out there. You know what? Good critique. I'll work on it. Orange fan. I may not agree, but I enjoy five stars. I enjoy hearing the different perspectives. And then I wanted to get this one in. Sharp, incisive, homerism. What was that? Um, I think that's good. I don't know. Wait. where? Oh, this one. Beegerson, there was a time when you brought Sashi Brown up on every Browns podcast earlier this year. I'm glad you have moved on. You do a really good job with your interviews and finding guests. Listen to the podcast every week. One more thing. If you could unmute me, I won't irritate you about JT Barrett's throwing ability ever again. (laughs) All right, listen. Um, Thanks for the reviews. Thanks to you guys for listening. Uh, We like doing this. We have the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. That's Mary Kay Cabot and Dan Labe. I I go on there sometimes with them. Did so after the game. Make sure you listen to Buckeye Talk. Me and Bill Landis breaking down the Ohio State Buckeyes. We've got Joe Noga and Paul Hoynes on the Indians. They're rolling. Chris Fedor on the Cavs. They're getting going. So lots of good podcasts at Cleveland.com. We're trying hard on these. We appreciate you guys listening and very, very appreciative of the reviews. So we'll continue with the guests. We'll continue with this, this interesting team. For now, thanks to you. Thanks to Tony Hall. I'm Doug Lee Maurice. That was Takes by the Lake. And we'll talk to you next time.